0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, it is my real pleasure, distinct pleasure to welcome you again to, wow, what a show. Remember that the heavens declare the glory of God, that the firmament showeth forth his handiwork, that day unto day, utter speech, and night unto night knowledge. There is no place where the speech of it is not heard. I shan't go further tonight. I always crave to read the whole psalm. It is such a wonderful psalm uh, for me. Something is uh, very inclusive in that about the whole gospel and God recognizing God as creator and therefore, you know, giving forth uh, the words of life. And the law that is so perfect and the wisdom that comes therein for those of us who are the simple. We were dead in trespasses and sins, and it is through the word that we have been both redeemed and made alive, quickened, as it were, to the Father through and by the Spirit, alive again. It's good, and I am so pleased about it. Hello there, Light Touch. It's so good to have you you're so faithful and I so appreciate it. Tonight is really um, uh, a night of reading. I don't suppose there will be much need for comment as the words that we shall read tonight in the book of John are all most completely for two chapters, the the word of Jesus Christ, even going into a third chapter, he left quite a, a discourse, a sermon, so to speak. And I think that we'll just read through it and let everyone hear according to their own um, awareness and their own um, knowledge of God as he has been in their lives and if he's not been in your life then you will hear what he has to say and perhaps respond according to your own need we are really blessed to have the privilege to go on uh, on a you know a line and share the words of the lord and to have many answers come as we read his word those answers for me in this particular reading are all about the established uh, new covenant, the church, the establishing of the church by Christ, and what that shall be following His ascension into glory for the first time. Hi there. Now we are also were supposed to have a a guest this evening. And if he comes, he comes, you know, we will uh, stop the reading at the end of a chapter and hear some testimony. But if he doesn't, we praise and thank our Lord. My name is Phyllis. I am the host, as per usual, uh, for tonight. You know, no takers of the reading with me just yet. Some promises, but none yet. And then getting into the cyberspace, you know, with certain uh, connections can be very difficult. And tonight in particular, because as you may have heard in the news, the someone told me 400, I didn't hear that word on the news myself, but 400 wildfires, brush fires across Canada in the province of Quebec. I don't know if that's up northward, right, because it goes up about, ooh, about eight, nine hours drive from here in, into Canada to Quebec uh, City. But Quebec, of course, goes—you know—it's a big, big old territory there, and those wildfires have um, caused the air quality of New Jersey, New York, uh, here are thirteen states. But definitely, going down the eastern board sea coast here, where we are, um, has made that air quality very dangerous. And so, we have been what sheltered in, <laughs> told them not to go out without the in or 95 and 45, whatever mask that is. So I've been in the house all day and we can smell the smoke. Last night, the moon was extremely orange and changing shapes just as you look at it, right? And we were wondering... I was out with a little student of mine, a young student, and she noticed it. We looked up and there just something going across the moon and the shape of the moon continuing to change. But I got to tell you, the orange of that moon was like I've never seen before. We were wondering what was going on, only to find out today that all of that has, has to do with the smoke that is traveling and uh, perverting or polluting the air quality. So here we are by God's grace. And let me tell you, when we say by God's grace, we are truly saying by God's grace, because without his grace, who of us could survive on this earth? When I homeschooled and taught my children, uh, we learned about the uh, balance of the earth, just how everything in the universe, everything, uh, keeps the earth uh, supplied with oxygen and hydrogen and, you know, the gases that keep us breathing and keeps the wind blowing and all of that. And um, what we learned that is if if anything tilts or is off by just a fraction of a, um, what is it? Uh, I mean, a fraction of a degree or something that the whole Thing could be rendered, um, uh, you know, just bad for us here on the earth. And when I hear that, I just um, am reminded of God's word and the fact that before it is all said and done, much of the earth will be ejecting the people. You know, there's going to be a response to all of this. Just like uh, the Lord told Israel when they went into what they thought was the land of milk and honey, that they didn't go in because they were good, but because the people there had committed such evils that that land had ejected them, had rejected them. And sometimes I believe that the whole discussion of climate change and what's happening in the earth, which is really real, it isn't just a discussion. Things are really happening here. And if you watch, you know, these scientific channels and stuff, you will see, and I'm just not, you know, strong enough in my memory to bring back to you verbatim, and I wouldn't want to do that because that would definitely taint it all. But to look at it and to listen to the scientists discuss what is happening seems to me to line up with God's Word. So He is the Word. He is the living Word. We've learned that reading through this Gospel right from the beginning. We recognize in the beginning was the Word. Hallelujah. The Word was with God, And the word was indeed God. And then the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He came unto his own, but his own did not receive him. But to as many as did or do receive him, to them he has given the power to become the sons of God. God bless you all. Thank you. Welcome to Teen. Welcome to Tony. Tony, I sent you an invitation to come to sit with us tonight, if that's uh, still your desire. I missed a, a request from Tony by a week. And so whenever he wants to come, we are ready. And tonight, I think there will be very little comments We're going to read this word. It is a very powerful and wonderful word. And as I said, these are the words of Jesus Christ. So I probably will not do much commenting, um, but I'm going to read two chapters, by the way. I'm going to read straight through uh, in my book. It is all red letter, but I'm going to read tonight from the Geneva Bible uh, translation which is very much like the King James, but I want it to be very clear and in modern English. So here we go. John chapter 14. <laughs> Teeny. Let not your heart be troubled. Now we pick up from the Lord telling uh Peter that he's going to betray him, not betray him, he's going to yeah, betray him before the cock crows thrice and uh, this is the uh, foot washing he's washed their feet he told them to love one another this is the new covenant and that by their love our love one for another the world will know that we are his own and he is also once again telling them that his hour has come and this we know to be the moment before he is ultimately um, uh, betrayed by Judas and that oh Peter denies him, I'm sorry, not betrays him, denies him. Judas betrays him. And so here we pick up. Remember, I also said that when we are reading through John, it's as if one event is following the next. So it's a full narrative, like a story is being told in these 22 chapters back-to-back-to-back happenings, right? Unlike some of the interrupting details that we pick up on in the uh, longer Gospels. So we start now, John chapter 14, and I am reading from the Geneva Bible translation. Jesus Christ continues from the last statement. He says uh, to Peter, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, very, verily I say unto you, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice, thrice meaning three. He continues and says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions, dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And remember, he told them before that where he was going, they could not follow because he's going to the cross. But now he says, I am going to go and you can follow me, but I'm going away, the ascension as we know it. And I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, you may be also. Now where he's gone and when he comes back, we can follow. Hallelujah to that. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you're going. How can we then know the way? Jesus said unto him, But I am that way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip then says um, to to the Lord, I, I hit the thing. Simon, he says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he would come forth from God and went to God. He rise, raised from supper and laid aside his uh, garments. I'm sorry. Uh, I hit something, you guys, in my... <laughs> sorry. I changed my page. I was on the wrong page. So in where, where I go, you know the way. And Thomas said, this is verse five. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not where you go. How can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and that life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 7, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, I have been so long time with you, and have you not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen my Father. How then do you say, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father is in me. At the least, believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater than these shall he do. For I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see him, neither does it know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, And shall be in you. I will not leave you fatherless, But I will come to you. Yet a little while. And the world shall see me no more. But you shall see me. Because I live. You shall live also. At that day you shall know. That I am in my father. And you in me. And I in you. He that hath my commandments. And keepeth them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will show mine own self to him. Judas said to him, not Judas Iscariot, of course, Lord, what is the cause that you will show yourself unto us and not unto the world? Why would you do that? He says, Jesus answered and said unto him, if any man love me, he will keep my word And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and will dwell with him. He that does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things." And bring all things to your remembrance, which I have told you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor fear. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and will come unto you. If you loved me, you would verily rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father. For the Father is greater than I, and now have I spoken unto you, before it come that when it is come to pass, you might believe. Hereafter will I not speak many things unto you, for the Prince of this world comes and has nothing in me, but it is that the world may know that I love my Father, and as the Father has commanded me, so I do. Arise. Let us go hence. All right, this is Jesus Christ talking to his disciples at the hour that he is going to be betrayed into the hands of the Jewish people through and by the Romans. And chapter 15, he continues I am that true vine. And my father is that husbandman. Every branch that beareth not fruit in me, he taketh away, and every one that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are you clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am that vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. And men gather them and cast them into the fire." and they burn. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and be made my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in that, my love. If you shall keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Hallelujah. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. For greater love than than this hath no man when any man bestoweth his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth call I not you, I don't call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. Mm. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit remains. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, It hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they have kept my words, they will also keep yours. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they have not known him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they should not have had sin but now have they no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me, hateth my father also. If I had not done works among them, which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and have hated both me and my father. But it is that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter shall come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded of the Father, he shall testify of me. And you shall witness also, because you have been with me from the beginning. Blessed be the name of our Lord. These are the words that Jesus spoke before his delivery into the hands of those who would falsely accuse him, scourge him, and condemn him to the cross. And we are so, I don't know, when you read these two chapters, like these, it keeps going. Chapter 16, equally, are the words of Christ as he is speaking. And chapter 17 continues with him leaving these words, these final words for his disciples to hear and to understand that he is indeed the one who was to come for the redemption of the whole world. He says some very powerful things here, and he begins very much on the note that I love to hear. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. Talk about it, my friends. Jesus Christ, the righteous, in the flesh, God, and fulfilling his ultimate plan from the beginning that through the seed of a woman, the one would come who would do this work, the sacrificial lamb, pure, holy, without spot, without blemish totally pure God giving recompense for sin by causing death as he promised in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die and die. We surely have done those two parents of ours are the ones who committed the act, but through them, The nature is born into all of us. And therefore, lost from that moment till the moment of your meeting Jesus Christ, having that encounter with God and being then not totally in yourself aware of a transformation, but reckoned by God, hallelujah, Mm. reckoned by him, from that moment, to be the righteous and accept it in the beloved. And then you and me working it out, walking into what is already done. Glory to God. Ought we to take heed, the most earnest heed it is written, that we should hear as Luke starts his gospel, that you would take the most earnest heed. Listen, this is real. This is truth. And we come into this salvation through the work of Jesus Christ, the authority, the chosen method of God. And He calls Him Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the one who was able to do it. And from the beginning, He agreed to do it. God had already determined that He would create. a a, a people and that those people through belief and faith in what he is doing would be the redeemed of him and would make up this kingdom that he is going to give to us all for an eternity. You know what I feel like today was a, I don't know, a day of, um, caring and weeping for others. I have a student that I love. For some reason, my heart is very knit to the students that God has given me in this year. And as I hear their stories, I wonder who their parents are and how these young people could carry such burdens. And I just want to wrap them in my arms and say, it doesn't matter. Because this is temporary. The Lord, our God, will give you an abundant life if you just come to know him. But I'm going to tell you, many of us think that coming to know him ought to be an easy thing. And that when we pray, he just ought to hear us and do whatever we ask him to do. And truly, he has promised that if I abide in him and he abide in me, I can ask what I will. But you see, you must Abide. And so it isn't that we command him to do a thing when we ask him. It is that our abiding in him gives us access to his heart, his thinking about a thing, his perspective. And so we ask if we abide, and it shall be done unto us. And I tell you if God is God and He is God, there's nothing that you can do about it. There is nothing that I can do about it. The psalmist has already spoken. The heavens declare His glory. He's there. And the firmament shows His handiwork. No man can do what He has done. There is nothing that we can do about those wildfires up there in Canada except fight them without stop. To put them out. Nor in California yeah, the last ones that destroyed a whole town and this toxic smoke that is just taken over. It happened in Canada, but it's over the eastern part of the United States and part of the, the western right going towards the Midwest there. There is nothing that we can do about that. The heavens do declare firmament does show his handiwork. And day unto day utter speech, night unto night knowledge. If he is that God then he deserves my attention. He surely deserves for me to bow the knee to him. He deserves for me to search him out. He deserves for me to give him my life and he deserves everything that I can muster so that I am in submission to him. This is the picture that we see in Jesus Christ. He the son, the only begotten. And yes, we say, well, he was God. Definitely he was. But he was in the form and the experience of a man. He ate like you and I eat. He slept like you and I sleep. He prayed as we ought to pray. He obeyed the father as surely we ought also to obey. He came to do the will of the father and he did it. He finished The work, no matter the difficulty, no matter the torture, no matter the accusations, no matter the betrayal, the denial, the loneliness, no matter all of that, he did it nonetheless. And the word tells us that it pleased the father that he should indeed suffer, learn obedience the same way we must do it. I tell you guys, this gospel You know, as much as there are other faiths in the world, my little shallow reading of them, I see not a savior such as this. I do not see a plan of salvation and denial of the flesh that brings us into a maturity such as this. I do not see in other places a fellowship with a one God triune in nature with all the love and the care that surrounds me, even when times are hard. I praise and thank him for his great glory, his goodness, the evidence of his presence. God is good, and these words are life. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. He says he will not leave us comfortless, that when he goes away, he will send the comforter. And if you are in relationship with Christ, you have indeed experienced the presence of the comforter. Hallelujah. You have by revelation been given truth as you read his word. You too have received the spirit of discernment so that you know right from wrong, in yourself first, (laughs) and then in the world. You are the recipient of a grace that is available only to those who have been quickened and made alive to know the fellowship of the one who has created the whole world and created you. And in times of trouble, hardship, and illness, we have a God. And he, he further tells us that he is the vine. The picture of our relationship is as a vine being cared for by the vine dresser, who is God. So I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he shall take away. So if you're there pretending, but no fruit is coming forth, you will not continue because God will cut it off. But to those of us who are actually connected, he says that he will purge and it will cause us to bring forth more fruit. Now, there are those in the audience who plant flowers you know, I don't know to what degree you plant them. You know, I don't know how how much you work in, but there is a certain way that you can clip back a flower. And when you it may be growing and growing, you know, it gets tall, 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 but it's not like really bearing a lot of fruit out there. If you cut it back, if you clip it back, it will bush out and flower all the more. The same thing happens with crops. Those people who are certain crops, I don't know about all crops, but uh, those who are, are gardeners, you know, and bring forth the fruit of the vine. That is the vine. I'm thinking of the grapes here in this picture, but I don't dress them. So, I, you know, I can only think of the flowers that I did for a minute. So with the bringing forth a harvest and you want the fruit to be lush and rich and all that, The purging is a way that the gardener does that. The vine dresser does that. So this is what the Lord will do for us. See, we we come to Christ, some of us, I don't know, and we think we have been washed and we're clean and all is well, right? But that is not the end of it. (laughs) We are so completely overcast with even like this toxic smoke, so you might, you know, clear, you might have a clear path in in one place, but then the smoke filters in and there it is again, toxic again. Our flesh is so completely permeated with the toxicity of a sinful nature that we have to be purged in order to bring forth more fruit, and the purging is not an easy thing. We suffer, and there's no need in trying to get away from it. Life is full of suffering for everybody, and those of us in Christ will have to face some things. And in the facing of those things, we want to humble ourselves all the more and pray to the Lord, talk to him, fellowship with him all the more that he will see the direction in which we're going. That's what I want to tell those young students who are bearing such heavy burdens. That's what I want to say to my nephew who has been incarcerated uh, 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 falsely. And for those who were in the court to hear it, they have testified that the evidence presented against him was not sufficient to cause him to have to pay such a heavy penalty. We are those people who Jesus said, if they hate me, they will hate you. If they hear me, they will hear you. What we do is fellowship with him in his sufferings. It is written by the Apostle Paul that I may know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, but also in the power of his resurrection, being made conformable even unto his death. That is our fellowship. And whatever the Lord should call us to, He will also carry us through. And we will come out dried in the fire, but like gold pure, shiny gold. He knows what He's doing. And these words are a declaration of that. He's telling the disciples what will come. He says, then if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. But see, guys, you got to remember, if you abide, if you abide, if you abide and then he abide in you, Your his words abide in you. We are transformed by those words that abide in us. That word, which is the quickened spirit of God himself making us alive so that we can be in fellowship, that is abiding. It isn't one day being so caught up and then the next day being so much in your own flesh. It isn't the back and forth. But if you should slip out for a second, he's already said also that you can go out and in and find pasture. So God keeps us as well. But the motive and the intent of your heart and mind must be the abiding. We must endeavor to abide. Praise the Lord. You can ask what you will. And tonight we ask, Lord God, that we hear you, that we really hear you, Father, and that we really do walk in the Spirit There is a strategy. You have to plan it. You have to know how that's going to happen for you. And believe it or not, I'm going to endeavor to talk about that with Pastor John Thomas in his congregation tomorrow night. There is a method. uh, Well, you know, I don't want to say method. Because method implies a one, two, three pattern that will fit on everybody. And though the pattern is clear and delineated in God's word, it is the outworking of each person using what he says that causes us to walk in the spirit, you in the spirit, me in the spirit, and and still be the people that God has made us to be in the world. So um, it is definitely, though, a way. There is a way. And that way is through and by what the Lord has left for us, taught us here. He says that he's spoken all these things that his joy may remain in us and that our joy may be full. I don't know about you, but does it make you happy to know that he has pre-thought every aspect of your life and your salvation, that that he is near and there so that you and I can always depend on that joy, that relationship that we have with God and that he keeps his word. He keeps his word. He keeps his word. And we now bear witness of those things which we have received. We bear witness. I can tell you that I have been born again. I can tell you that the Lord has indeed washed me. I can tell you that he has honored his word to me, to keep me. I can tell you that the Holy Spirit definitely convicts me of sin, as the promise will be that he will reprove the world of sin. I'm in the world. I have known the goodness of God. And when his goodness ceases to be goodness, if you're looking at me, you can believe that is not God, but it is the nature of the sinful Phyllis, who has been indeed saved by grace, and who is indeed walking into the reckoned life that God has given me, I don't know about you, but I am really in a joyful place, having read this wonderful word. These two chapters tonight. I hope they spoke to you, and I you know i when we when we come together and we read God's word, my prayer and I don't always pray it aloud, but I surely do hope. And pray that you will go behind uh, the reading of his word and whatever comments are made. You will read again for yourself and then you'll just sit there with the Lord and allow him to talk with you and to highlight the words that are meaningful for your own salvation and for your own joy and to uh, really connect you to the branch that you grow as a part of that vine, connect you to the vine, that you grow as a branch from that vine, and that as you do so, you are transformed and the world will see you and see the love of Christ that operates in you, the love of God, and that you will be a witness and tell someone else. I tell you, it's a different world. I was talking to my young students. I mean, I mean, I tell you, you don't know this. This one particular one, all of them though, I I don't know. There's one that is on my heart right now. Two of them, but this one today I just spoke with, and I, um, I was telling them what a different uh, world it is in the high school experience. Is not nearly as formal as it was uh, for me, and um. As I was saying this, as I was talking to her, I, I was thinking how much I disliked school. I, in fact, I told her that I didn't like school at all, right? But she was saying, didn't you have fun? And I said, I had some fun. Surely I did. But don't forget that the memories of fun really are far fewer than the days of dread of going to school. See, she has not had the opportunity to go to high school. Isn't that horrible? That a child today can't because of responsibilities. A young person cannot go to school. And there I was dreading it. I had every opportunity to go. Even though my parents were not by any means wealthy. And I had 11 brothers and sisters, really 12, but one was often working, you know, and I had the opportunity. This young girl, so young, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. After my class all evening, I have prayed for these young people. And I pray again and I ask you to pray. Because, you see, we can rejoice in what we've heard from from God's word. And he has opened our eyes and our ears to hear and to see. And he has given us a resting place so that when we are burdened, we do find peace in it. And we believe, and so we have hope always. Hmm please do not forget to pray for someone else. And when you have opportunity to extend a hand of love or friendship or even out of your monetary resources, please do that. And share the gospel. Share it. Is a needy world. I welcome you all. Kofi, Reams, thank you. Freshen, um, Light Touch, of course, came in a long time ago. Tony, hi, Tony. You were supposed to be in the seat with me tonight. Uh, and um, team, So um, I want to read your comments again. They're not many, but greetings from people. That's right. Thank you very much. And um, you all are commenting to each other. It's a pleasure and a blessing, Mommy. That's good old Tony. I love it, right? Yeah. And um, Tony liked the show. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Not much night. Clap clipped a bush back today was stringy and straggly. <laughs> uh, so my f- friend Reem Reem's there loves flowers and so she gardens. Um, Reem says it's so sad, as in the case in many parts of the world. May our Lord provide for help the helpless and the needy children. You know, um. I don't know guys, you know, I'm one to say just don't pr- pray only, <laughs> but do something. I pray tonight though, not only for the children, but I also pray for those of us who are sick amongst us who are sick and who are suddenly taken ill, suddenly, right? Um, you know, Sometimes the thing is not gradual, it just hits you in a moment and there your life is changed. I pray for my good friend's husband who is uh, experiencing one of those sudden onsets of illness that God will hear our cry on his behalf and that he will be restored and healed to live another 20 years or 30 years or whatever I really want to live until the good Lord comes, but I don't want to suffer the turmoil and and the wretchedness of this earth if that should be the the thing. Nevertheless, not my will but thine, O Lord. And you know life is wonderful. I pray for the little ones who are born both in good families and outside. All children, all people are challenged by the reigning uh, prince of this air here, the evil that is you know hurled at so many of us all the time constantly and the deterioration of moral character and understanding I pray, Father, for your mercy, that we will be bold in our witness to those when we meet people, not bold in that we are punching people in the face with a word, but bold in sharing the transformed people that we are. Sometimes you don't have to say a word. You just have to be the person and that transformed uh, character will show up and someone will ask you of the hope that is within you. Father, make us those people quick to respond as it is written in Isaiah 58, to undo the heavy burdens, to deal our bread to the hungry, to not shut our bowels up to those who are in our own family, or to be who you have made us to be. And don't think that, uh, not to think that we are, you know, because we pray that that is where the responsibility ends. In my heart is probably where it begins. And so we take care of our own, but we forget about those who are out there wandering and needing. I thank you that for the freed slave on this land, somebody cared enough to not just pray, but to move out, to give a hand, to show a way and to fight alongside that we might come to a certain equality so that we have a roof over our head and, you know, steady jobs, etc. It isn't all that it should be in our minds when we think of equality, but it sure is better than what it was by leaps and bounds. May we also be those people. God, I ask you to rebuke every fear in us to do something great. For you said in your word that we would do greater works than you have done. And you surely did heal the sick. You surely did feed the thousands. You, Lord God, also gave the word. You, Father, were the trainer, the teacher, the mentor. May we respond as you have given us power to do so and for all the blessings that you have imparted to us. Lord, don't let us be like the rich man who bought barns to fill them in, but rather let us give it out. Give it out. For when we give, we also receive. Let us give and give and give and not be foolish in the use of every blessing that you've given us. Lord, to squander it, on that which has no return. But to give where the return, Lord God, is definite because it's an investment in your kingdom. You said in your word, he who gives to the poor, hallelujah, lends to the Lord. Let us learn to give and give some more. For we believe you are our Lord and our God and our father and our friend and that the cattle on a thousand hill truly belongs to you and so if I give there is no lack in my barn nor is there lack in my oil basin you will replenish over and over again I bless you for it in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah and there it is Um, my dear ones. Hallelujah. So as I said, um, I will be reading uh, next week uh, chapters uh, 16 and 17 together because we're continuing the words of Christ from his teachings that are started there. Um, In chapters 14 and 15, we will just continue with it. And uh, the comments will come. You know, if they come, if not, God's word is powerful enough, doesn't really need I don't care how great a scholar I am. The import of God's word into your life is far, far reaching. And nobody can do it like he does it through and by his spirit. So again, we have dined sufficiently at a table that has been set by God. Only our father could speak as he has spoken with the authority of heaven, of that which is divine. Glory to God. Thank you so much for being a part of this evening's um, reading of the 14th and 15th chapters of the Gospel of John. And remember what we're looking for. Well, you can look for whatever you like, right? I am looking for the new covenant. And the established church as Jesus Christ trained and led his disciples and the rest of us into that new thing. So be blessed and go forth rejoicing because it is a joyful thing to be led by the Lord, to be taught by him, to be visited by him. That is great joy and his joy is our strength. Have a great night, and by God's grace, I'll see you next time.